all of us are born asking all the same question. And we don't even know we're asking them. But one of them is, who is God? And the second one is, who, who am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? And my class is built around those four questions because I think they're, again, innate, God-given. We begin asking them at birth, and we have answers. So you reminded me of a verse um, where I, you know, I only have the kind of isolated verse here, but when Jesus is talking to his disciples and they say, who's the greatest among us? And oh, yes. Says, Whoever wants to be the greatest, let him become the servant. The least. Yes. yes. And so I think almost just this, this idea, at least in the upside down kingdom of Jesus, if you, if you have this responsibility, you have to take the the role of uplifter, servant, and, and coverer, these kind of exactly. sort of things. Yeah, in fact, part of the fun of the New Testament is describing headship versus what I will call helpership, mm-hmm. um, though, though most would say submission. A helper in the New Testament, in my mind, doesn't only just submit. They do a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. So I prefer helpership and headship. Mm-hmm. And one of the beautiful things about the headship part, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is that it debunks patriarchy. Right. Because everybody blames the Old Testament for its patriarchal system. It did exist. I'm not saying it did not exist. But mm-hmm. when you read through the Old Testament, what I want to try to express to students is that there is sinful patriarchy clearly mm. Uh, available to read, to study, to see. But there's also godly patriarchy Mm. to be seen. And what God does not like is sinful patriarchy. Mm -hmm. So again, it's both and. Are we going to throw the baby out with the Mm bathwater? God intended for there to be godly patriarchy in the Bible all the way through and today. Mm -hmm. He wants godly rulers, if you would say, mm-hmm. godly men mm-hmm. who express and, and, and decide that no matter what happens, I will be responsible for the decisions that are made because that's what really happens. Um, if we stop to think about you and your wife getting into an argument or mm-hmm. a fight, right? and I mean, I believe in healthy conflict, so I'm going to say it's a healthy conflict right. situation, right? <laughs> Um, it doesn't necessarily turn sinful, but you're you're trying to figure out how best to discipline one of your teenagers, mm-hmm. and you think it should be like this, and she thinks, no, it should be like this. And so, so you talk some more, and maybe it takes a couple days, but eventually you get around to the fact where you think, well, you know, she spends a lot more time with them than I do mm-hmm. in our given situation. Maybe what she has to say, maybe I, maybe I will yield... Mm. to her decision for how we should move forward with mm-hmm. Sally or Tommy or whomever. Yeah. And, um, and then you both agree on that and you both walk away. Mm-hmm. So whatever that decision was, it was made mutually. Right. So I believe in mutual submission mm-hmm. in 
a marriage, but I also believe in headship Mm -hmm. and submission, which is when that is all said and done and the man and the woman meet Jesus in heaven, he's going to hold the man uh, responsible for the decisions made in the home Mm. and the decisions made in the church. Both are God's households. Mm -hmm. One is his public household. One is his personal household. Mm -hmm. He will hold the man responsible for those decisions, just as he did Adam. Yeah. So even if your wife was wrong, and yet you decided together, Mm -hmm. he's going to hold you responsible Mm -hmm. for that decision. Right. And so, hence, what I try to, again, get people to see is, so back up and and let's... Let's learn to fight well, mm-hmm. you know, right. let's learn <laughs> how to really discuss agree. well. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and ladies don't manipulate your husbands into your viewpoint because you know what? We are very good at that. <laughs> Many of us can be very, very good at manip- manipulating and make it seem like it's your idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And guys don't bully right. to get your decision. And ladies don't say nothing. Right? Yeah. Don't be totally mute. And passive. Right? And passive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot in what I just said right. that I wish I could unpack uh-huh. in all of this time. But I, I think it's important that we know ourselves, yeah. we know how we react and don't react, and we learn to fight in a healthy manner. Yeah. And then um, I think as women, we will manipulate less, we will strive less, we will fear less. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't sense oppression and we mm-hmm. won't sense all of that lack of freedom. And and again, submission is a whole other area that is very wrongly defined in Scripture mm-hmm. as far as what, what they believe, and I mean they, anybody who looks at the Bible and says, well, they have submission in the Bible and yeah. it's so oppressive. Mm-hmm. We do have submission in the Bible. But do you know, Elijah, that we have four different kinds of submission? I did not. No, most people don't. Mm. So which one, I always say to somebody who <laughs> gets very angry, I always uh-huh. say, well, which one are you talking about? Mm. Because all of us yeah. are in submission to somebody yeah. somewhere, right? Yeah. We all need to learn what that should look like. That's all the Bible talks about. It's what, this is what it should look like. But we do need to know which instance we're in. Are we in a general instance where I'm supposed to submit to anybody who's in authority over me, whether it's a boss or whether it's my, my older brother and he's been put in charge babysitting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what right. instance am I involved in? Right. You know, and, the, and there is that instance and it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. If my boss is a woman, then I'm in submission to her. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's too many people who would disagree with that. No. And the Bible very clearly talks about that. As, as one form of submission. Mm-hmm. And, and it also talks about mutual submission, where we submit to one another, mm-hmm. both in love, um, as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's all Romans 12. All the love one another's, you know, all these one another's, it's very mutual. Yeah. Encourage one another. I could go on and yeah. on and on. Yeah. But, you know, and so then... Then the other two, I believe, are gender distinct submission functions. And um, I, that's, I didn't come up with that label actually myself. I, uh, a pastor here in mm-hmm. the local 
city of Medford helped me coin that that mm. that phrase, and I love it because Can you repeat it again. Gender distinct. Gender distinct okay. submission. Mm-hmm. So guys submit in one way, mm-hmm. and that's the sacrificial. Yeah. Right, like Christ, the mm-hmm. sacrificial. I and I, and love my husband as I as Christ loved the church, mm-hmm. and women submit in or um yeah when the gender distinct submission for women mm-hmm. is to submit in a way however that does not become a doormat mm. or does not become a nag yeah right well yeah and so we talk and i'm and by the time you get through uh philippians 2 which describes christ and and ephesians 5 and first peter then both roles are much more fully explained are f- and I think fuller in their definitions. Yeah. And so I, I guess I just don't see submission as a duty. Mm. They always think of it as a duty. It's, it's an offer and it's a privilege that's been given to all of us and women, especially mm-hmm. um, as a way to not only be conformed to Christ, but to reflect God in a very unique way. Mm. Because as we are conformed more and more like Christ, then we look more and more like the helper ally mm-hmm. and the responsible ruler that we should have been mm. in the first place. Yeah. So it's your pathway, Elijah, as a man. Mm-hmm. It's one of your pathways for God to help you come against sin and pride in mm. your life. And I'm trying not to overgeneralize here, right? But men will tell me if I ask them, mm-hmm. "What's the one sin you think most men struggle with?" Pride. They will almost always yeah. tell me pride. Oh yeah, almost it's always e- tell me easily. pride. Easily, yeah, yeah. Sure. So it's his mm-hmm. way of helping men come against their pride, yeah. and by doing so, they conform themselves more into that responsible, uh, uh, sacrificial ruler mm-hmm. that God intends for them. And as we as women, maybe you're asking yourself. Well then, what it is for? What is it for women? <laughs> Most of the time, when I ask women, "What do you think it is it that women struggle with?" They will say control. Hmm. You know, I hmm. really want to be in control, even if it's underneath the radar. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a control issue. So it's almost like these roles uh, specifically combat and sanctify in a yes. way that you know is very specific to the. The gender. To the gender. Yeah. And Christ, in my, in my theology, uh-huh. Christ sees to that. Mm. And so what I ask women and men, I say to them, how are, well are you cooperating? Mm. You know, he's trying to conform you into this amazing, responsible head, head of your home. Mm-hmm. Responsible head slash ruler of your home. And he w- wants to do everything he can to get you there. And so will you cooperate with him? Mm. And I say the same thing to the women. And um, so I'm often asked, well, then, if that's the case, women are supposed to be, you know, uh, I say legitimately submissive to those in authority that have been placed, whether it's a woman or a man or whatever it is, or her husband. If it's supposed to be legitimate, then does that mean that if I have children and we 
find ourselves kind of like the economy is now, does, does that mean that I can't work? You know, is that mm-hmm. not being submissive? Mm-hmm. And so there's a whole nother story behind all of that. Right. But again, I always try to get students to find examples in scripture. What yeah. do we find in the Bible? And what, what did God allow or not allow scripturally? Mm-hmm. And so one of the first places we go to is the story of Abigail and Nabal. Mm -hmm. And here is Abigail finding out that of all of the things that are going on, David's going to come and destroy her household. Mm -hmm. I mean, kill them all. Yeah. And so she comes out from under the, in a quotes, authority of her husband, goes to David and calms him, mm-hmm. right? She brings the brings the, the food, and the cakes, and everything yeah. that her yeah. husband said he mm-hmm. wasn't going to do. Right. So, it, in in essence, she disobeys him, mm-hmm. and yet she is in scripture. She is um, lauded for that. She is applauded yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. David tells her, "You have helped me mm-hmm. because I would have killed people." Yeah, today. you saved the household. Right. Yeah. And so, especially in safety issues, mm-hmm. I think women have every right, every permission to come out from under the authority of their husband and keep themselves or their children, their household safe, wow. yeah. whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I often don't hear that out there mm-hmm. that, um, that God would allow that, but oh, yes, he would allow that. Yeah. And, um, I also, I also would, would add to that, that I feel like Sometimes people, and you know, I know I'm using generalities when I say they and people. Mm -hmm. It's because I've heard things from so many different sources and directions Mm -hmm. that um, it's it's why I use that. But I also believe that when you you, um, look, especially at 1 Peter, in the realm of submission, which is about, verse 18 of two all the way through seven of chapter three mm-hmm. within that realm he said makes this statement he tells all of us to be submissive to the governing authorities mm-hmm. and then he says but do not cover evil so in our freedom mm. as the children of god yeah who are ultimately responsible to him mm-hmm. he is saying i do want you to be submissive to governing authorities as well because God has put them there. However, you are never to cover evil. Mm -hmm. So now when you think that through, you realize that what he's saying there is consistent practicing lifestyle of evil. Yeah. So this is also true for husbands and wives. Mm -hmm. So let's say I discover that my husband is involved in pornography Mm -hmm. and it is consistent and mm-hmm. it is hardcore and it is ongoing and and um i'm left maybe i'm in a church that says to its women don't ever talk about your husband to anybody else mm-hmm. well, what do i do then how do i help my husband and i'm not saying that i should go around and gossip right about every single thing that goes on in my family mm-hmm. but when it comes to covering evil mm-hmm. I have permission by God to speak to somebody mm-hmm. about that yeah. and get my husband help, mm-hmm. whether it's another elder or a counselor, whatever that needs to be in your given situation. 
I have permission to help them. Even though they might be angry with me, they might refuse um, my not want me to help them when I mm-hmm. go to them first. Yeah. All of those things. I am still responsible to try to help my husband. That's where, that, as the helper, strong helper ally, I can add my strength to the situation. And even though my husband may be angry with me, I have to be strong. And I have to go and try to get the help that he needs. No, it, it does not guarantee. Mm-hmm. You know, as it is first. Peter 3, 1 and 2 talk about a mm-hmm. woman's behavior can bring about the um, the salvation of her mm-hmm. husband. And that means whether or not he comes to know the Lord mm-hmm. in a real way or whether or not he comes back yeah. to the Lord in a real way. I have that power. I have mm-hmm. that strength as a woman. Yeah. Do you know that's not given to men? Mm. I did not know that. It's given to women. Mm. And so it's a strength that we have in the way in which we conduct ourselves Mm -hmm. around our husband. And sometimes that means we have to be tough. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what boundaries are. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, we talk about boundaries as a part of submission Mm -hmm. and, and the ways in which we can, um, I call it being a loving brick wall, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so, you know, your wife sees something that you're, you're doing Elijah mm-hmm. and he's, she's thinking, I don't even you don't know if he knows it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she picks a time and the place and she mm-hmm. sits you down probably over your favorite meal <laughs> and says, Elijah, mm-hmm. are you, re- do you realize that you do this? Mm-hmm. And knowing she could make you mad. Yeah. Her job though, is to be that mirror. Mm-hmm. To reflect to you the way that you are acting. Yeah. That's where her strength comes in. Mm. And then your job is to do whatever it is that you do, whether or not you get prideful and resistant or whether or not you cooperate. Right. And so when we understand submission in those in that vein, it opens it up. It's mm-hmm. uh a, it's it becomes a privilege. Mm-hmm. And lastly, honestly, did Jesus submit? Hmm. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. He submitted to his parents. And then he's it was always in submission to his father mm. when he was on earth. Yeah. If if it's okay for Jesus to submit, mm. then shouldn't it be okay for me to submit? Mm. I think so. And that's how it becomes a privilege. Right. I can walk the same journey that Jesus Christ walked. I can be on that same path. And I mean, short of going to the cross, because you only needed to do that once and he did it. Mm -hmm. We have the opportunity to also reflect Christ's submission to the world Mm -hmm. and also God's love to the world, God's responsibility and headship and God's helpership to the world. Hence, the reason why I think Maintaining and keeping two distinct genders is so huge. If you don't have two, and if you don't keep them distinct, then you cannot reflect the opposites of Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. properly. Yeah. So, you know, to me, it becomes more and more clear why mm-hmm. he only created two. Yeah. You know? 
I believe God is always watching. He's always looking over us. I believe he wants to see his representatives down here on earth. Mm. He wants to see his reflection. Yeah. So he doesn't want to see the male and the female blend together into nothing Mm. or into whatever word you would want to apply to that. It's like, it's like taking the male and the female, sticking it in a blender and pushing on. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's no distinction. Mm -hmm. He wants us to maintain that distinction. Mm -hmm. So to me, the moderate complementarian Mm -hmm. view does that. It maintains that distinction Mm -hmm. and yet still allows for a lot of freedom Mm -hmm. for men and women. Powerful. Yeah. So I'm giving, I'm kind of giving myself away because I don't, (laughs) I don't like students who come to my class who've never been there before to Mm -hmm. know what I think or feel. Mm -hmm. Um, so I kind of keep it uh, uh, low key under the radar. Uh, Eventually somebody finally says, so you're kind of in the, I kind of have one foot in the egalitarian camp Uh and one foot in the complementarian camp in some ways they say, and I go, yeah, you're close. You're really close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing all of that. You bet. It's yeah. It's so fun to to hear about. You know. It's just like, <laughs> and it's honestly very um, eye opening because you're right. I think that some of these passages have become uh, stumbling blocks. Absolutely. And we stub our toes and get really angry without understanding uh, or digging to figure out what they mean. And um, I think especially for women who want to, you're interested in ministry or women who. Uh, just see these passages and um, and it's it's this big looming okay but uh, I love Jesus but but what about this right, you know right. and so and some of these women in the kingdom and mm-hmm. out of the kingdom have experienced severe abuse and right. trauma mm-hmm. it's very real to them yeah I would never say otherwise yeah and it takes a lot for them to work through uh, a, a definition of mm-hmm. submission or a situation where it touches on what they've experienced. Of course. And, and so I really always want to be sensitive. I mm-hmm. want to be understanding. I want to be compassionate yeah. to what they've suffered. Mm-hmm. That includes the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. It includes all that the transgender mm-hmm. um, individuals are going through mm-hmm. because they are struggling mm-hmm. it's it's a huge struggle yeah to separate from the body and and pull your mind will and emotions out from the body and then make that your identity mm-hmm. because now you have a body yeah. but it's just there mm-hmm. it's 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 ignored because it's not felt to be the right one for me mm-hmm. so now i'm fractured i'm split in half and I can't imagine what that must be like. I honestly cannot imagine mm. what that must be like. It must be horrendously hard to live your life in a body and your feelings and emotions outside mm-hmm. of your body. Yeah. And um, I believe God would really have them work toward being whole, mm-hmm. you know, and not fractured, yeah. embracing their body in s- some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And that is way oversimplifying <laughs> the problem, you know. Right. But it's 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 what has made it difficult. It, uh, I think it's Ephesians three ten that says that God through the church mm-hmm. makes His 
wisdom known. Mm-hmm. And, and he wants it to be known to the world, but he also wants his wisdom to be known to the angels and the principalities and the rulers in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so if you think of the universe, God is wanting his wisdom to be known. So he's created these two genders, mm-hmm. male and female, equal in his image. Mm-hmm. And he wants us as a world, as a universe, to see the wisdom in that. Yeah. And that's that's what I wish mm. for each one of my students Yes, when they come. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, one thing that I did read in uh, this book that was in your bibliography section, mm. uh, Beyond Sex Roles by Gilbert Bilizikian. Mm-hmm. Bilizikian. Bilizikian, yeah. <laughs> he had mentioned um, that, you know, uh, some of these these ideas um, it's, it's hard it, oh, okay let me let me gather my thoughts here it's hard to justify this sometimes because we see that maybe the patriarchy role though po- though biblical has caused X amount of damage and so how do we rectify the situation of continuing mm-hmm. a godly role of leadership mm-hmm. uh, or, or what, what you would call it um, uh, what you had headship like headship yes mm-hmm. so a, a godly so how it's it's almost like the our misunderstanding of it uh creates pain oh yeah you know for, absolutely in, makes in, it worse in, in oppression mm-hmm. and so it's this constant battle to um to understand the godly concept of it or the biblical concept of it which is not something that creates pain but still a misunderstanding of it will and I don't know if that's making yeah, sense. It, but, does, it yeah. does. I mean, but but wouldn't we say that about a lot of things? Hmm. What about being a godly father yeah. versus a sinful father? It even says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Mm-hmm. So God is always trying to get us to the place where whatever kind of leadership role we are in as mm-hmm. mothers, as fathers, as bosses, as elders, as ministry leaders, yeah. he wants us to do it in a way that's holy. Mm. That is um, Christ allowing, uh, being allowed to conform us, mm-hmm. you know, cooperating with Christ. Yeah. And I don't know that there's a formula. You can <laughs> go to somebody and say, if you do this and this and this, right. you will be a godly head. You will be in godly headship yeah. or you will be a godly helper. I think the best, the thing I want the most for students is to understand the deep, deep love that God has for us. Mm. And if we respond to that love, cooperate with what God's love is telling us, we will automatically be the godly leaders that we need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, the godly head, the godly helper. Um, it's it's not about focusing on the behavior as much as it's focusing on that intrinsic relationship that occurs Mm-hmm. within our heart and soul as God communes with us, has yeah. that relationship with us. Elijah, I believe God is always speaking to us mm. from within. Yeah. Scripture says you've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. Mm. Now it's interesting that the word is everything. Some versions say all. Yeah. So all always means all. So there's nothing left out yeah. within you as believers in the kingdom. It also says we've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Yeah. So we have it all within us. Mm. 
So rather than focus on how I do things Mm -hmm. on my behavior, what if I were to focus on my inner life and world with, with Christ and, and just really pray about uh, a growth in my ability to hear his voice and to respond. Uh, My personal belief is the one thing a believer does is respond. Mm. (laughs) God is always speaking, always trying to touch us, always trying to impress upon us certain things. Our job is to notice it and then choose to respond hopefully in cooperation with what it is we're hearing. And the outcome of that will be godly headship and Mm. godly helpership and and godly character. Mm. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, right? It'll be the fruit of the Spirit. And I know that sounds a little bit ethereal. Mm -hmm. Well, how do I do that? Because everybody (laughs) wants to know. See, when we start thinking about how I do something as opposed to how do I respond, right? I had a mentor, her name is Elaine Stedman, mm-hmm. and she was listening to me talk about being this, functioning in this particular way as a godly person, and she said, you know, you know, Jody. she said, you don't go out and do holiness. Mm. I went, what? Mm. What are you talking about? <laughs> she says, you don't go outside there, and if you do that, you'll be holy, or you do that, and you'll be holy. She said, no, you allow holiness. Wow. And I thought, okay. Mm. And that, it, it changed my perspective uh, about focusing on all my deeds and what, what I should say yes or no to, much more focused on my relationship with Jesus Christ yeah. and asking him, you know, how would you want me to decide and respond to this? And, mm. and how, how is this like you in this situation? And how is it not like you? And have this discussion with mm-hmm. Jesus. I used to do it jogging. Mm-hmm. You know, I would solve all the problems of the world out jogging. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I can't jog anymore. I have mm-hmm. to just not do that any longer. But I have to be able to, um, if you want to call it meditation, mm-hmm. um, be reading in the word, be, be digesting the word of God in such a way that it's not just a job. Mm-hmm. It's not just a duty. And dare I say, it's not just a discipline. Yeah. Because I, I believe that God leads us into disciplines yeah. if we cooperate with him. But rather, respond to what it is that God would have you do that morning, that day, that yeah. evening. And you will become more and more and more Christ-like. You will be conformed more and more to the image of Jesus Christ and God. Mm. So I, I worry less now about, about sinful mm. anything. I worry more about my relationship with Jesus. Yeah. That makes sense? Yes, it makes sense. And it comes full circle with what you started with, with this indwelling uh, sense of um, created in the image of God, mm-hmm. right? It's not about what you do, but what about who he created you to be, what you are, what I am. Yeah. What you, yeah, exactly. So I think that's, um, it's those four life questions that, uh, I mean, I say for Rabbi Zacharias, although I I think he's probably not the best resource to use anymore, but he used to say seven, Mm -hmm. seven basic questions. I think James Sire used five that all of us are born asking 
all the same question. Mm -hmm. And we don't even know we're asking them. Right. But one of them is, who is God? And the second one is, who who am I? Yeah. Uh, why am I here? And where am I going? And mm, my class yeah. is built around those four questions. Because I think they're, again, innate, mm -hmm. God-given. We begin asking them at birth. Mm -hmm. And we have answers to those questions. Mm -hmm. I had an answer to who is God when I was 11 and 12 that said he was dead. Hmm. Now that answer has since changed, yeah. <laughs> but we gain answers right. as we're growing up hmm. and they might be wrong. They might be right or they might be half wrong or right. Right. And uh, yeah. So wanting, to, if you know who God is, then you can know who you are. Mm -hmm. And, and we are a little bit lost in the realm of identity. Mm -hmm. We make our identity, the things we do. Right. And, um, yeah, I think, I think the fruit of maybe some of the, what we're seeing in culture right now is not having an answer for the first and second questions, which is who is God and who am I, right. but maybe trying to find an answer with the third, which is where am I going? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what am I going to do about, you know, I, yeah. if I'm born in a world that has no meaning and no God, I just have to make something of it. Yeah. Why and, am I here? Mm -hmm. And so it, it puts so much pressure on it puts so much pressure on succeeding in career and mm. in your identity as far as sexuality and all of these sort yes, of things where yes. it's, it, it, and it puts a lot of, um, looming scariness of, uh, over death and, mm. you know, getting old and all, all that we're seeing as far as, um, trying to slow this process of, you know, dying. And whereas we see that in such a different light under, you know, yeah, the it's, of, the, it, of the Lord. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think mm -hmm. of you as the younger generation mm -hmm. when I look at you and I just think, what is there the, the things that you've had to wrestle with mm -hmm. in terms of gender and in terms of, of who God is and who I am and why I'm here and where I'm going? Yeah. You know, and, and I enjoy finding that out mm -hmm. in the class because they'll tell me what it is they used to think. Yeah. And then they tell me where they are now and mm -hmm. that it's different now. Yeah. I couldn't ask for any better response in that regard because I believe the Lord has spoken to them through the weeks that we've been in class together and have helped them get into their their deep worldview questions mm -hmm. and, um, and rearranged them, corrected them. Yeah. Um, and I'm really encouraged by that. Right. That's not something I do. This is something the Lord does. <laughs> My job is just to create the environment, right? right? Mm -hmm. And maybe some of the uh, some of the tools and some of the lessons that gets him into the word of God and then God does the rest. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, is there anything you feel like you want to you would like to add just in that topic? In the gender topic? Yeah, just, oh. just what you've covered. I mean, probably, I mean, one of the things that I would add and I I I say this because I have a, I have two 18 year old grandsons mm -hmm. and a, a 17 year old grandson and a 17 year old granddaughter mm -hmm. and I have a 13 year old granddaughter, um, and a 15 year old grandson. I mean, I, I mean, I can keep going I have seven grandchildren and they're all just on the verge, all of them being um, not only teenagers, but adults. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of my grandsons sat me down at the table and asked me this. He said, I've been reading a book. Mm -hmm. 
and it's about gender, and I'm really confused. So I think gender confusion is a, a, almost a bigger issue than gender dysphoria um, because everybody is confused about what gender is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody. I mean, you don't need to be LGBTQ right. or whatever to be confused right. about gender. Well, yeah. I mean, we're two Christians and we're, we we're talking through this issue right now because it's worth talking about. I right? think so. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I, I think the confusion out there is, and, and so we had this amazing discussion. Yeah. It lasted about an hour. Mm-hmm. And when you have an 18 year old teenager sitting there asking you valid questions about gender and gender realities. I mean, I was really blessed. Mm-hmm. But what what I would want to say to that is that when you are confused about a subject, mm. please do not just read one set of materials. Yeah. And this is especially what I encouraged my grandson to do. Um, read more, read both sides of the issue, in other words. So if I were to ask somebody to to read something about LGBTQ, mm-hmm. I would ask them to read some of their books. Yeah. But then in the kingdom, I would ask them to read books like Embodied mm-hmm. by Preston Sprinkle or mm-hmm. his, his other book, uh, A People to Be Loved. Mm. That's the other side of the story, yeah. right? Try, um, I, I do a, a, a transgender book in class by Andrew um, Walker. <laughs> I'm trying to think, yeah. am I going to brain fade again? Uh-huh. That talks about um, what it is in, yeah. in, in clarifying what transgenderism is. Mm-hmm. And I just think if, if we can get some of these titles out there that not only just talk about what the kingdom thinks, yeah. but helps to explain why others feel the way they feel. Now we have both sides of the story Mm -hmm. and, and can make what I would hope to be a rational and reasonable uh, decision and response Uh to what the culture, what I want for my students, I I must've told them, I don't know how many times Mm -hmm. I want you to be reasonable and rational when you have discussions with people who disagree with you. And it doesn't matter what the subject is. Right. You are representatives of God and of our faith, and you don't want to, you know, hit people over the head Mm -hmm. with things. You want to be reasonable and rational because God is reasonable Mm -hmm. and rational, and he has reasonable and rational answers Mm -hmm. and um, definitions and content Mm -hmm. for living in this world and in this present world. Yeah. So I would really want people to seek out good, solid resources. Yeah. I mean, you can certainly contact the school, mm-hmm. PBC, and, and get titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you could contact me and get titles mm-hmm. in, in specific. I mean, there's another one that's just a small book, easy read, Is God Anti-Gay? Mm-hmm. Anti-Gay. It's a great book. Yeah. And I just, I feel like if we can get students, especially mm-hmm. young people, into these different yeah. types of literature, then it won't just be one-sided or lopsided. Right. There will be less confusion. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, it's such a good reminder because we realize 
whoa, sometimes we forget <laughs> that people don't get saved by just dogma. You know, right. just saying, hey, God doesn't love that you're, you know, if, if we're starting to say, go out and read the Bible passages that go against a certain lifestyle, they're not going to, oh, okay, I'm just going to drop it and come to the Lord. Right. But it's through a relationship and empathy and uh, just long-term get, getting coffee and, and talking and understanding and uh, not not agreeing with necessarily in, in every case because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. we, we can't agree with with every case. But uh, I just appreciate what you're saying um, in you know, studying up, reading, understanding, having reasonable, rational. And talk to people. Yeah. I really believe we can more easily, if I can say this properly, we can more easily agree to disagree agreeably. Mm-hmm. If we understand like both sides, yeah. and if we, uh, after understanding both sides, we can um, claim our own conviction and 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 have a deep understanding of that conviction. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say conviction, I don't mean an absolute because absolute I would be willing to die die for. So, is do I believe Jesus is God? Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. And no, I won't change my mind on that. Mm-hmm. A conviction, honestly, you can have your mind changed on convictions. Mm-hmm. They can be very controversial, and God has a lot of controversy and and he that he's not totally utterly Mm. explained (laughs) and i think he leaves them like that on purpose right right? so we have to be willing to be open yeah and um and yet i i encourage students to to still look for what it is their conviction is yeah so i think reading talking with people especially those i i have an assignment in my class where they have to go interview somebody Hmm. that is completely different from themselves because I want them to talk to people who are different from themselves and they're not allowed to interject their opinions. They're only there to listen and they come back. It it tends to be one of the most favorite assignments. They're the most fearful of it. Right. (laughs) Understandable. (laughs) But when they come back, they, to see the joy on their faces, not, not only did I do that, Mm -hmm. but wow, I had no idea this is how they felt. Mm. Or I had no idea that I could talk with a Catholic priest and realize we have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. Like, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. So cool. That's what I would, that's probably what I'm close with. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's good advice. Well, thank you for for being here today, for talking. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, it's a real blessing. Yeah, it's great.